That's in the air. This could be out. Tarvin's underneath it. Will he catch it? He's got good hands. He's got him. Yes, he has. Tarvin's got him in the deep. Having fumbled all night, he's taken the big one. Hello and welcome to Couch Talk. Today's guest is former Sri Lankan batsman Asanka Gurisinha. He talks about his playing career, schools cricket in Sri Lanka, his role models, his fond memories from Test cricket, the 1996 World Cup that Sri Lanka won, Arvind Dissal was batting in it, and also his relationship with Arjuna Ranatunga, amongst other things. Welcome to the show, Asanka. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, I want to begin the conversation at uh, you know the Sri Lankan schools cricket. You played alongside. Another test cricketer, Hashan Tilakaratne, for a, from a very young age. Could you could you talk about the schools cricket in Sri Lanka, you know, which is pretty huge, and also your uh, playing relationship with uh, Hashan from that young age? It is, yeah. I mean, uh, Hashan and I started playing together from the age of seven uh, in in the school. So it goes, we go a long, long way back. Um, I was captain in the under eleven team, uh, and he was the vice captain and. Uh, even at that age, I saw him scoring hundreds uh, for the school side. And uh, Hassan and I put on a partnership when we were 10 years old. For the opening, we got off 200 and something runs and we both got hundreds. So, and our families know each other very well. So that friendship kept going until even now. I mean, it's something I saw. I think each other saw that we will we can achieve something uh, later on, but I don't think when you're kids you think of Sri Lanka cricket as such because when we were young there was no test cricket. When I was playing school cricket, there was nothing as test cricket in Sri Lanka. So, uh, but I on, always wanted to play cricket, and I know Hassan always wanted to play cricket. So um, it's something that we both cherish. I mean, over 40 years of friendship, uh, which is fantastic. So. Yeah, I'm very, very happy that I had the opportunity to play school cricket as well as uh, continue playing up cricket with Harshan and I mean, Sri Lanka. In Sri Lanka, I mean, school cricket serves to be the fertile ground to identify future talent. But at, at the time you began playing cricket in Sri Lanka, you know, it was it was still quite young as a cricketing nation with uh, not a lot of opportunities to play first-class cricket. How did you go about developing your uh, batsmanship? You know, since you came to be known as a patient uh, number three batsman. Yeah, I think in school cricket, uh, I was batting in the middle order. I was always number four, five, somewhere there. And uh, But I had idols. Like, to me, uh, I used to, like, listen in the radio. Mm. And most of you guys did it in India as well because mm-hmm. we didn't have TV initially when Ashes have been played, and we used to play in the backyard, saying England, Australia. Yeah, right. So I had players whom I knew, uh, and I want. I thought I, I, I want to do this one day, but I, I never dreamt, to be honest, to say, hey, I want to play for Sri Lanka and win a World Cup, and uh, that was I don't think ever there, but. Um, uh, that was the reason. So I was a middle order. I was actually more aggressive mm. in the school cricket areas. I, I used to be very aggressive batsman, but I think after coming into the national team and then bat, coming to bat at number three in 1986, when I was asked to bat at number three, that's where I think I changed my style a lot. Who are some of your uh, you know, batting role models and the people that help you with the game as, as a youngster? 
I think my role model was David Gower. Hmm. I I love to see him. He's so relaxed. I think sometimes uh, he was too relaxed. His record, <laughs> I think, speaks for that as well. He could have been someone like Mark Waugh, who would have been a, had a fantastic record, but was I think. But I I enjoyed watching him. The people who helped me first, I think Hassan and I both can say one person right at the start in our career is a gentleman by the name of Raja Tukorala. Hmm. who from the age of seven uh, when we were in school picked us up and trained us and I think discipline and all that was uh, very helpful at that age and then uh, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Nelson Mendes uh, actually took me under his wing at school and that's where I think most probably I improved a lot Hmm. but outside school I had two people uh, who helped me throughout my cricket career, to be honest, until I retired from international cricket. And those two gentlemen were Mr. W.A. and Silva, Van Silva from Sri Lanka. He was assistant manager as well as a coach, a few times assistant coach and things. When I'm talking, this is I'm talking in the 80s and early 90s. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Ranjit Fernand, who's the commentator as well at this stage. Ranjit and Van, uh, I think, helped me a hell of a lot to where I am now after getting into the Sri Lankan team. Uh, their advice, and they knew me as a kid as well, so for them it was very easy to look at me batting, and if I'm not scoring well, they'll get me into a net, and they were always available. So uh, whenever I go to Sri Lanka, Ranjit Fernando, I go and see him. I mean, recently, when I was up there about six, seven months ago, I think, I walked into his home, he didn't even know I was there. Hmm. And uh, but Van Silva is in New Zealand, and I spoke to him once in a way. I, I speak to him once in a way. But uh, those gentlemen, I think, have helped me a hell of a lot to where I am. Hmm. I, w- I want to talk a little bit about your Test uh, career. You know, you debuted in 1985, but you know, in 1991 during the tour, New Zealand was when you hit some sort of uh, purple patch where you scored a, you know two hundreds and two fifties and a total of more than 350 runs in just three tests. What was the uh, maturing process as a batsman like, you know, from Uh, 85 to 91, and what went right for you in that tour? uh, I think, uh, yeah, when I made my test in 95, I think uh, I didn't take it too seriously. To me, it was another game pretty much, and Mm. I don't think I understood too much about the importance of the test match mm. and I played against people like I mean my first test in Pakistan Imran Khan captain Javed Miandad Zahir Abbas's last game was my first game so I, I go back a long way <laughs> with those guys and, and people like Mudasa Nasser Mo, Moshin Khan mm. Kazim Omar and those are the guys I played with and the Indian side I, I was privileged to play against uh, I, I mean Sunny Gavaskar and mm. to sit next to him and talk to him. So I enjoyed that part. But I think I play, had a stint in Australian district cricket in 1988-89, mm-hmm. uh, where I scored heavily in that season in Australia, in district cricket in Melbourne. It's after that I changed my attitude. I think it helped me with the bouncy ball. I knew how to handle short pitch bowling and because district cricket those days were very very strong and uh, like I played against Murph Hughes and Tony Dodamade in district cricket when I played in 88-89 so that's I think was the change and I love to be honest I think I do very well when people are bowling fast at me mm. and, and New Zealand 
against us played on green top, uh, green tops with Danny Morrison, uh, Chris Cairns, and all those guys. Martin Crow was captaining, mm -hmm. uh, so I think that helped me a lot because I love people bowling fast at me, and uh, I think I was always good against pace right at the start. Mm -hmm. And when I'm settled, yeah, I, I handle spin pretty well. But I think I was always very good against pace. Hmm. Uh, you just mentioned about district cricket in Australia and how tough it was, you know. And eventually you went on to play there again um, after international career. Could you talk a bit more about the setup there? And as you mentioned, you know, you had uh, um, test cricketers, Aussie test cricketers playing there as well. It, it is. I mean, these days it has changed because... It's so much cricket happening, and you you never see a Australian Test cricketer playing district cricket anymore. Hmm. They're playing everywhere, so I think that is lacking now, and most probably that's missing in district cricket. Uh, but the training, uh, like when coming from the subcontinent, from Sri Lanka, India, and, and Pakistan players, we don't you knew we didn't push too much on fitness and everything. Hmm. But coming and playing that district season, I realized these guys train very hard, like. We practice for three hours in the nets, and then we do one and a half hours of fitness work straight after that till about 10 o'clock, 9.30 in the night. Hmm. And, I, and I realized their commitment, and they play so hard in the middle. Like, it's where we sometimes take easy in our club cricket, and that hmm. changed my attitude to playing, attitude to training, I think, changed a lot. I, I became fitter most probably after that tour, uh, and I spend more time on my fitness. So... Uh, and, and, and that's the setup and all those things because they had their fitness trainers and they had gyms available. I mean, in Sri Lanka, we didn't have a gym like that to walk in in 1980s. Mm -hmm. uh, State-of-the-art gymnasiums where in the club I played in Australia, which is North Melbourne, they had their own gymnasium right next to the, uh, right inside the pavilion. So, and they have really quality gym equipment those days. So I think that environment changed a lot. Uh, the way I handle pressure, uh, and, and that helped me. I'll, I'll be honest, that turned my career. I see, I see, I see. I want to talk a bit more about your test career. You know, you, of course, have the record for one of the slowest hundreds in test cricket. Sorry to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, no. <laughs> but we just talked about that New Zealand tour. Outside of the New Zealand tour, what are some of your fond memories from your test career? Uh, look, I think... Uh, always my first test 100 will be something I cherish a lot, which is against Pakistan where we had Imran, Wazim, Abdul Qadir, uh, and I, I thought that was one of the best bowling attacks I faced on turning wickets. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that 100 at the age of 19, uh, I think I still cherish, and I think that's a great moment for me in test cricket. Uh, um, uh, and yeah, New Zealand has been a happy hunting ground uh, country for me. I think I have about three test hundreds and a couple of fifties in New Zealand. But uh, even you mentioned uh, my slowest test hundred, but I think uh, I was coming back from injury mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of people didn't realize that like Zimbabwe was bowling uh, nearly a foot and a half outside the off stump Correct. in a test match with eight fielders on the off side. Bowler and the keeper is 10, and one field on the leg side, which was mid-on. Mm. And, and uh, we lost wickets because Arvind and them started chasing the ball out of the stump. And we just had to bat because they, that was the start of that test career. So their bowlers weren't quick and really difficult. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, yeah, I, I won't um, say that's one of the greatest innings, but I think that showed <laughs> my mentality of how tough I am mentally to handle and bat through. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think I have the third slowest test hundred in world history. Correct. And it is when you look back, I'm like, why the hell did I bat so long? <laughs> I asked the question. Absolutely, but I think most probably the last one that I will always talk about is uh, the 100 at the MCG. Uh, at this stage, uh, no Sri Lankan has scored a 100 at the MCG in a test match. Mm. And I'm the only one. Uh, and uh, and I played against, I think, two of the world's greatest bowlers, uh, Shane Warne and uh, Glenn McGrath, mm-hmm. with uh, Craig McDermott, Paul Rifle, and Mark Waugh bowling and to score that 143 and I wasn't I, I think I played pretty good because I can still remember by lunch I was in my 70s yes. yeah so I scored pretty quickly as well and another one I would always mention is that Shane Vaughan has never got me out in test cricket of course uh, I have two test 100 against Vaughan when Vaughan was playing for Australia mm-hmm. uh, I I think I have played about five <coughs> tests against Warney, and I'm proud to say that I'm not one of his 700 victims. Hmm. But I think I, I was one person. I didn't go after Warney. I realized mm-hmm. what's his strength, and I didn't let him. And I don't think he ever bowled well at left-handers. Yeah. If you look at the history of his career, mm-hmm. he didn't like bowl because he didn't have a good roar. Um, I mean, the googly. Yeah. He never bowled a good googly. Where. Uh, Mustaq Ahmed and uh, Abdul Qadir bowled a fantastic googly. Uh, and that's where they troubled the left-handers. But um, Warney was more of the flipper and the leg spin and all that. And the googly, the, he always sighted those days, the googly. And you straight away know when he's flighting, uh, that's the googly. So that wasn't his strength. And that was difficult for him to get a left hand out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons, but I'll always say, look, I'm not one of his 700 wickets, so <laughs> I'm proud to say that. Uh, 1996 uh, World Cup, you know, the high watermark for Sri Lanka as a cricketing nation, and and it completely turned around what it was as a cricketing nation moving forward. Uh, in that, you had such a significant role to play as well. You know, you were the sixth highest run getter in the tournament, averaging over 50 uh, but you had so many attacking batsmen in the top order around you. You know, you had uh, Sanath, uh, Kalu and Arvinda. With those three around you, were you was it Arjuna's plan to have you bat in your own way? And how did you keep yourself in control when you see these batsmen going hell for leather at the other end? I think um, we had a plan from the start that uh, uh, we we knew that we had the most experienced batting lineup in the 96 World Cup. Correct. If you take the top seven or eight players, I think we had close to 1,001 days between us, where none of the other sides had. So we knew our batting side had a lot of experience handling pressure. And then we knew we had five players, which is Aravinda, Arjuna, myself, Roshan and Hashan, mm-hmm. who had a lot of experience in one day. So <laughs> we knew that. And then Sanath and Kalu was given the like the green light to go, like I mean, go for leather in mm-hmm. opening. So my job was to bat around them, but I wasn't uh, worried about it of them going after. Because I knew my job, what I have to do, mm-hmm. and as long as I was performing to that, that was it. I wasn't worried about how many balls I was going to bat there or anything like that because I knew my job. I knew what I have to do, and I knew if I bat fifty overs, I can get a hundred. 
Yeah. Because I, I can be aggressive if it's, if it's needed. So, and we were very lucky that uh, the top order, I think, not I think, top order scored in pretty much every game in the World Cup for us. Like, yeah. we didn't bat that low at all. And like, uh, like Arvind and I, I had 300 plus partnerships. And I think Sanat and I had 200 plus partnerships in six games. So, yeah. uh and that showed that uh, we I can bat around them, and uh, that was Arjuna's instructions to me. Was I don't care what anybody else says. This is your job. Hmm. And I I was I heard something recently that when Stephen Fleming I think was in Sri Lanka promoting hundred days before the World Cup, and Arjuna had said that uh, I carried the team. So it's good to hear hmm. from the former captain and a good friend now to say, hey, this guy actually carried the team and. But at that time, I didn't think like that. I was supposed to do a job for the country, and as long as I've done it, I'm happy. Hmm. Sri Lanka went unbeaten in the tournament. Um, in the final, you faced Australia and chased the total down. I want to get your thoughts um, going into that final, and also as the match unfolded. Yeah, I think going into the final, I thought we were very relaxed. We were not really putting ourselves under a lot of pressure. And uh, I think we just kept playing the way we were playing. And each person on the team had a job to do and they knew what they expected to do. Mm-hmm. And, and we were, when I say relaxed, we didn't, we were serious, absolutely. We were focused on what we were supposed to do. But at the same time, we were joking and we, we were relaxed in the dressing room and we were relaxed in the hotel. So, and we... We trained hard. We had three days before the game, I think, and we trained very hard. Mm-hmm. And we had a night session, which we realized there's a lot of due yeah. uh, at Lahore. But that wouldn't have changed anything because our tactic was always we can chase and win. So it didn't matter about uh, due. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, due didn't make anything different to us of making our decision to bat second. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't due. It was our plan. We... We were going to bat second, whatever happens. And uh, like the semi-final, we lost the toss and India put us in. Otherwise, yeah. we would have batted. To be honest, if we won the toss, we would have, we would have chased in, mm-hmm. at Calcutta. Yeah. So uh, that, that was the game that we went with a, a really good player. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, when you look back, uh, I think Sri Lanka executed their plans in every game very well in that 96 World Cup. Hmm. We we had plans and uh, it's luck as well in cricket as you know. So mm-hmm. everyone played the roles. Yeah. You would have played uh, the Aussies in the uh, round robin stage, but they chose not to come to Sri Lanka along with uh, West Indies. Was there any adi- uh, added motivation while facing the Aussies in the final to get back for that? Look, um, absolutely. Playing Aussies is always. It's not. Uh, it was added motivation. I, I find it's lying if I say it wasn't. But I think. Things started in Australia when we had morally chucking incidents and mm-hmm. we were accused of ball tampering, when which we didn't do and they, we proved it wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many things that happened in Australia. So we had that uh, uh, motivation of in the World Cup, we want to beat them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what we did. So especially them being, not coming to Sri Lanka, it, it, it wasn't good for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but end of the day, it's all history now and we won it. So, uh, yes, definitely. Beating Australia was always in our mind and um, 
I won't say getting get back to them. It's pretty much like if you beat them, we knew they were the best side in the world. Hmm. I see. I see. Um, I want to talk about that uh, semi-final in Calcutta against India. You know, you had the best seed in the house as uh, Arvinda unleashed on India. You know, because there were early wickets of um, Sanat and Kalu. Um, could you talk a bit about that innings of Arvinda? And was it part of the game plan always that Arvinda would continue yeah. attacking even if early wickets went down? Yeah, I think we didn't tell anything to Arvinda. To be honest, throughout the tournament, the panning was... Pretty much around myself, Arjuna, Roshan, and Hashan in batting. Because Sanat and Kalu debut their game. They they go and put. They are great cricketers and they are great batsmen. So we didn't want to change them. Mm-hmm. And we never said anything to Aravind. Aravind, to me, is a legend in Sri Lanka cricket and the best batsman Sri Lanka has ever produced. Yes. I know a lot of people will. I think Kumar Sangakara is a very, very close second to me. Mm. And most probably I'm biased because I played with Ari for so long and I'm good friends. Mm-hmm. And people can say I'm biased, but I still feel Ari is the best batsman Sri Lanka has ever produced. And his talent, and those are the things that uh, mattered. And we didn't tell him anything. Mm-hmm. He he could play any game he wanted when he walked in. And we will. our plan was to work around whatever the game he's playing. I see, I see, I see. So, and that World Cup, he was in, uh, he was in unbelievable form and uh, that really helped us because um, I've never seen anybody playing the, on that Indian wicket in Calcutta the way he batted. Uh, every ball was in the middle of the bat mm-hmm. and I can still remember he hitting some shots off Kumble, mm-hmm. just left and right of the fielders and it was rocket into the boundary. Mm. And uh, and that sixty something, and then uh, Roshan's fifty really t- took us to a total, hmm. which we always knew was going to be difficult. Uh, but as I said, we each had a game to play, and I think we played it very well. We didn't panic mm-hmm. in that World Cup, uh, even though Sachin was in unbelievable form. We never panicked, and we knew if we took Sachin, Azar, them, a couple of wickets like that, we can get on top. Mm-hmm. And, and we knew the wicket was difficult to play. When we were batting, we struggled. So we realized it's not an easy wicket to play. Uh, and and it worked for us. So, uh, I mean, a lot of people can go back and say India should have batted. But if I was India, I would have done the same thing and put us in because Sri Lanka always win chasing runs. Mm-hmm. Why should you give them that opportunity? So, True. True. most of that's one of the greatest games I mean, I have played. It's sad that it ended up like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Close, I think, 100,000 people uh, screaming. Uh, that atmosphere, that's the best place in the world to play. Hmm. Um, you had uh, mentioned about Arjuna earlier. You know, He was quite instrumental in many ways in turning Sri Lanka as a cricket team into a cohesive fighting unit. There is a question from a listener, Dennis. What was Arjuna like as a captain and as a person? And there was a period, wasn't it, uh, where things were in the smoothest between the two of you? Yeah, look, I think it's everyone knew a few things about what was happening. Uh, as a captain, uh, I have played under about four captains uh, mm-hmm. for Sri Lanka. And um, to me, Arjuna was the best captain. Uh, one thing was um, inside that field and he, I knew he will back me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, his game plans and uh, the way he... Um, will work with you during the games and all of that. It's like, uh, I have never played with anybody like that. Mm, uh, and 
and as a person he's a very very nice person he's uh, he's got a really good heart uh, and he's prepared to help any time and it was sad i mean i think we were very very close friends from the age of 17 or 18 we played for ssc together our families i mean the ranatunga family and my family are very very close we have gone on trips together with mm-hmm. both families so we go a long long way back uh, with all the brothers which is i mean i was more close to nishanta most probably nishanta ranatunga was the current board secretary than arjuna mm-hmm. uh, but arjuna and i while playing as well we built up a fantastic relationship our both wives were pregnant at the same time mm-hmm. uh, our two eldest sons are just 18 days apart they were mm-hmm. born uh, so there are a lot of things like that but certain things change um, and arjuna and i were not seeing eye to eye most probably from about 95 middle of 95 or early 95 mm-hmm. thing actually sorry it started with the whatmore coming to colombo i see huh. that things change a little bit where arjuna and i didn't see eye to eye and uh, but i knew inside the ground he will back me and he knew that when i walked into that ground that i will give him everything i have so we both had that confidence but it was a bit sad at that time because there was no trust most probably between us uh, and uh, yeah it's after the world cup most probably it really got worse uh, where i came to a stage i wasn't enjoying playing and uh, then i got off in australia to come and play three seasons with north melbourne so mm. i took that offer and the rest is history but uh, i mean we are all adults because our friendship was strong earlier we have discussed we have met some long time ago and we have gone back to our old friendship again i see uh, which is some of the great things because whenever arjuna comes to melbourne he stays with me ah uh, now and uh, when i go to sri lanka i'll always meet him he's even will pick me up from the airport if it's needed so we have gone back to that old friendship again which i'm very very happy mm. and arjun i know is happy as well i mean we were both doing a world cup promotion in png together in september uh, and uh, we spent seven days there as well so i think uh, there was a period of most probably two years where a lot of things happened uh, and i'm not blaming arjun for my early retirement and the day it was my decision yeah but i felt it wasn't a pleasant place for me to play cricket and okay. that's one of the main reasons okay. and it's not just arjun it's sri lanka cricket board as well i see after the 96 world cup you know a lot of your teammates that you played with are now are back in cricket as administrators or in media some of them are in you know sri lankan politics etc do do you um, ever revisit that decision of completely walking away from uh, sri lankan cricket and do you feel that you know you could have uh, been associated with it and is there any chance of you be, being associated with it in the future absolutely i'll never say no to anything i mean to me i would always want to give something back to sri lanka uh, and there were about two or three times in the last 10 15 years that the cricket board was talking to me about some positions hmm uh, it didn't work out sri lanka cricket board spoke to me about certain positions with sri lanka cricket hmm i see in the last 10 years or so about three or four times we have discussed a lot in detail but it didn't materialize because both parties couldn't agree on certain things uh, and uh, currently i have had some discussions with nishantaranatunga about uh, 
few things I would like to do from Australia. Mm-hmm. But that you never know. I mean, I would, to be honest, I would love to go back and do something for Sri Lanka cricket. I think I'm, I'm a level three qualified coach in Australia. So that's the highest coaching qualification in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I have that. And I have a lot of business experience. I'm, I'm managing a sales office, a sales business here, working for a German company, which is managing about $40 million mm-hmm. on my own. So I have that experience of managing a business to make profit. So there's two sides that I got, my cricket experience and my business side. And I want to do something for the country. Uh, my children are big. They are 25 and 21 now. So I think my wife, Kushi, and I uh, would like to retire in Colombo. But not just retiring and not doing anything. I, actually, I, I would love to do something, but it has to be mutually beneficial for both parties. And I think that's where we will be at. But you never know. I mean... I've, I've enjoyed uh, looking at what Nishant Ranatunga has done for Sri Lanka cricket. Uh, mm-hmm. Whatever other people say, I think he has done a lot for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other person that I'm so impressed is Sanat Jayasuriya as select chairman of selectors. Because when he came to that position, I thought that's the wrong position for him and he's not going to do well. And he proved me wrong. What he has done, bringing those youngsters and trying to build that team and discipline fitness, everything, you got to thank him for that. So I think those guys will be the reason that I go back one day, mainly because of them, because I trust them and I'm, I know what they have done now for Sri Lanka cricket. So if I can grow the cricket, the game of cricket from where they are now to another level, well, I'll be the happiest. On that note, uh, Guru, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a privilege talking to you and I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thanks very much. You have a good day. Bye. 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 Bye